The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are the opinions and views based on our experiences. So we are not doctors, we are not counselors or relationship experts. We are solely speaking from our own experiences. Enjoy. We just people in a relationship. The, don't get it. Don't take you. Don't get it twisted. Don't try and blame us if you try to listen to something we said and your relationship goes south. It's on you. Use all of the things that we say at your own discretion. We ain't trying to hit. <laughs> nah, sniffles, you good? <laughs> oh, we didn't even. Oh, we did earlier. Yeah, we cherished earlier. Right, welcome, 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 welcome to Uncle Legend's Corner. I'll be your host, Uncle Legend, and with me as always is my beautiful co-host, Call Girl Six, better known as Fox. But for today, we shall call her Snuffleupagus. <laughs> hey y'all. It's Snuffleupagus. Anyway, so I'm know. a little under the weather, guys. So she way under the weather. I'm not way under. That's just what you sound like. A little bit. You sound like Muddy Waters' grandmama. Yeah. Why you ain't hungry, Walter? My baby. You don't stand no <laughs> cheating, my baby. All right, so knock out some of the uh, current events things. Atlanta Braves won the World Series. First time since 1995. Hey. Don't nobody give a fuck about baseball. Hey. We're just really being honest. Well, Base- baseball is a thing that – baseball is a sport that I don't mind playing baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't mind watching a baseball game in person because of the – you know, being at the arena, uh, the stadium, and mm-hmm. going through all that—it's kind of like NASCAR. Like I never watch NASCAR on TV, mm-hmm. but I go to a race. I never watch baseball on TV, but I go to a game. But they won, and um, watch baseball when it gets close to the end innings. That's what I will. That's this was the end. This is the end of the end. This no, the World I'm Series. talking about in the game. Yeah, the last few. <laughs> you know what the hard <laughs> part about baseball is? Is that it's like golf to me. Well, the crazy thing about baseball is, like, some of the most beautiful things in baseball are the most boring things in the world, like throwing a perfect game or no hitter. I mean, nobody hitting a damn ball. Nobody mm-hmm. scoring. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's not exciting. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like the difference between, like, I like watching Floyd Mayweather fight because he's a master at it. But people would like to watch heavyweights just swing and knock somebody out because, like, ooh, like, UFC fights. is like they just want to see the crazy fight of the night knockouts. Because they don't understand a Damian Maya or a Khabib when they get on the ground and they're like technicians of how they, you know what I mean, just completely take somebody's game plan away and control another man and then submit them or beat them or something like that. It's, like, it's not as exciting as just watching somebody going in KO. Mm-hmm. What I think that baseball would really need to be more interesting is, one, stop all that testing for steroids. Get that shit out of here. Just let them crack that shit 400,000 yards. <laughs> just let everybody. Power those. Yeah, they just, like they throw it and just field. crack. It should, it should literally look like, it should look like softballs with professionals. Like, oh. just let these dudes crack. Because you still got to be good. Yeah. That's what people underestimate about steroids. They're like, oh, man, he can hit the ball hard. You still got to be able to hit You still them. have to have skill. Like, you know, yeah. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, you still had to connect Sammy Sosa, all these dudes that they talking about did roids. You still have to be able to hit the ball. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, he's so strong. 
But he's batting. If he ain't hitting nothing. Yeah, one out of a hundred. Swinging on air. Yeah, you, you swinging on air. It's like, it don't matter. You still got to have a skill to bring with it. Yeah. Like, people think steroids is the end-all, be-all. But when you competing at that level, you got dudes that's really good. Okay, I understand. Yeah, mm-hmm. you probably want these dudes to get it done. But I think they need to really be advertising the long ball, or they need somebody how, like, football had done had, like, the Tony Romo, who then got to a point where Tony Romo was uh, above-average quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. But what he does as an, as an analyst is he breaks the game down so that, like, the average person watching it will be like, oh, okay, that's what's happening, the, the ins and outs that you don't understand, mm-hmm. so it makes it more digestible. Mm-hmm. They either need that for baseball or they need to just let these dudes juice up all they want, straight juice heads, and crack everything out the field. Yeah. Because that's what people want to see is the home run. Yeah, that's them. Yeah. Like, we come to the home run, home run derby. They ain't got no strikeout derby. Like, nobody want to see that shit. Like, ooh, nobody hit the ball. Great. It's waiting. Here you go again. Wait, yeah. this might be. This oh, look, 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 look. oh, no. Dang. Oh, no, no, damn, damn, damn. Dang, somebody else turn. Time to other person to other team go. <laughs> yeah, so they got that out the way. But, um, um Fox, what was the topic? We Somebody so, see some feedback for what yes. topic to talk about. So, our little lady friend, Mo, threw us a topic today. So, this is her topic for today. And she wanted us to discuss love after loss. Yes, so she wanted our take on love after loss. So love after loss, I don't know if she meant like loss of a loved one in particular, but I'm assuming it's relationship, (laughs) relationship, relationship. Yeah, I'm actually in a group (laughs) called relationship relationship from back home. Yeah, so I think that that's what she's referring to. And I think we've all been there. We've all been in situations where, or relationships where we fell in love with this person. You thought everything was going great. We missed the signs, red flags, or we didn't, we weren't able to communicate properly or whatever the reason is you no longer have that. And you thought that this was the thing. This was the one, this was the situation for you. Yeah. And that's why I never underestimate. So it's this thing. I believe that like, um, you had three loves in your life, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, and that's not counting your kids and stuff like that. It's like you had your first love, which is what people might consider puppy love. And they're like, oh, that's not true love. It is true love. It's just love the best you know what love is at that point. So, yeah, it might be a lot of lust and infatuation and stuff Crush like that. Crush yeah. and then you have that second love. And that second love is the person who formed the calluses on you or who cre- made you who you are, who made you grow up, who made you adjust, who you pretty much dumped. It's the love that's like... I'm exhausted afterwards. That love that when you like actually need to go take a break after love, mm-hmm. right? Like you got that love and then you have the love that like the end love, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that last little, that person that you like, Hey, you know what? If love find me, find me. If you don't, I don't care. I'm about to be for the streets. Like I'm through. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm through. And then that love come that makes you change. Yeah. That makes you adapt. That makes you do things. But, um, it's eight different types of love really. Right. So you got, um, so the eight different types of love you got, you got Eros, which is passionate love. You passionate got Pragma, love. Enduring Love. You got Ludus, Playful Love. You got Agape, Universal Love. Philia, which is Deep Friendship. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce this, but Felicia. Sounds a lot like Felicio. <laughs> yeah, that's self-love. <laughs> Get that. <laughs> and then you got uh, either Storge or Storage. It look, almost look like Storage without the A. That's um, familiar love and mania, obsessive love. Yeah, so I think that um, a lot of us in this day and age struggle with the playful love and the manias. And I think um, they they misconstrued that 
to be like this forever. You know, um, I think that those who some people, I wouldn't say all of those, but people who have the mania type of love, they're definitely in the shadow form of their trauma. That's what I think. Well, we probably need to elaborate on shadow form of trauma. Okay. Well, they're they're living their traumas basically. So all the things, their fears, the anxieties, the the stressors, whatever it was that happened that caused them to be that way, um, that's what they're living. And so they kind of put everything that they hope or everything that they think, whatever their perception is about love and what it should look like or or that desire to switch away from what happened to them so that it doesn't happen again, they throw all of that on you. Yeah. They throw all of that on you. And so that come that becomes that obsessive type and that mania, you know, um, that tainted love. Hey, I got to <laughs> get away. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um the way it breaks it down, right, when it even talks about Philly, it talks about as an affectionate love, a love that runs deep in true friendships. Um, the love catalyst is mine. Ways to show this love, exchange your beliefs and imperfections with close friends. Mm-hmm. Right? Then we talk about pragma, enduring love. It's some mature love that develops over time. The love catalyst is subconscious. Ways to show this love, put effort into long-term and reciprocative relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, pragma. Say it again. What was the What was the definition of the pragma? Um, enduring love, mature love that develops over time. Hmm. Have we had a pragma love? Have you had a pragma love before? Yeah. So we like we like all encompassing though. I feel well. So <laughs> when they talk about like relationships, right? So out of the loves, right? Like to break it down. So like uh, philia storage and uh, the one that philadia or whatever. So those three fall more into friendship because affectionate love, com- converse in deep conversation, which I think could also be a significant other. Yeah. And then they talk about um the storge or storage. That's the familiar love. So reflect on a fond memory with a friend. It can mm-hmm. also be a significant other, depending on how long y'all been together. Yeah. Like you're going to hit that yeah. point, right? Yeah. And I don't f- know if that would be, I don't know if I would classify that as a love no, nah, I mean, it's to reflect on the fine memory with a friend. Like, it, it, I, I think that shit even comes down to, like, trauma bonding, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That type of love that people build over trauma. Like, they done been through some oh. shit together and they stay together like that. Well, it could still happen as a friendship, right? And then uh, Philadia or Philadia, that's a self-love. Create friendships that build you up. Yeah. yeah. Right? So those fall under, those three fall under the friendship category. Under and some, I, I really think that that type of love is something that we all need to carry in ourselves. Yeah, people, but, people who build us up. Yeah, because I mean, in the end of the day, it's like if you go in, a, if you go in a room with five millionaires, you're gonna be the sixth millionaire. Yeah, you go in a room full of five broke ass people, you're gonna be the sixth broke ass person. Yeah. Right. So significant other, they say it's the pragma, eros, and ludus. Right. So again, pragma is enduring love. Work together with your partner. Eros is romantic love. Set aside time for you and your partner. And uh, ludus is playful love. Keep your love exciting with humor and flirting. Mm-hmm. And then family. They got the story gate. It goes the story gate again, agape and uh, philia. So a familiar love for story gate offer unconditional love and forgiveness, which is what we tend to do with our family because our family don't yeah. do shit and we love them regardless oh, just because God. we're related, right? Um, agape, the selfless love. At times, put your personal needs second, which was so most, much yeah. what we do for <laughs> our family, right? Yes. And then the philia, affection, love. Stay open and trust those close to you, right? So. Mm-hmm. It's being able to open up to that's your family, right? Mm-hmm. So you feel that operation. But um, 
so manic love when you get to like the when they was talking about like the one that's manic love the mania that's a little bit like that doesn't even fall into anywhere because i just think obsessive love is like it's it's a feeling that you get sometimes and i think it's dope because it leads into the passionate love but it's like everything in moderation yes you have because the difference between mania is like Having like crazy passionate sex can come from mania, and busting the windows out your car can yeah. come from mania. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, crimes of passion probably come from mania. You know, that's what I mean? why balance is always important. Yeah, balance is everything because it's sides. like hell. Like water, the most important thing we can get in our body. You drink too much and you die from you what die. I think it's hydrosis yeah. is called, but you're drowning yourself pretty much. For real. So to love again after loss. So after we go through these types of whatever issue it is that you're going through with your spouse I mean I know we always the first thing that sets in that disappointment and that's the that's the disappointment for me is something that's um that's hard to get over it's like seven stages of grief yes it is but the disappointment is hard for me to get over if if I was in a relationship that failed you know um that's failure and that's how I feel like you know I take the brunt of failing my last marriage Mm -hmm. right like I, I take the brunt of that because some of it is taking the brunt, how, like, leaders take the brunt. And it's like, oh, uh, whatever. But I always feel like you look back at things, and when you recap it, unless you're just toxic and you think, like, I did everything right and they were just fucked up. If Not you weren't, yet. you got to realize, like, yeah. there's things I could have did better. Right, right. And usually that comes from getting to a point of, like, getting yourself out of the equation and knowing that, like, yo, there's things I could do better, right? Like, my ex-wife, you know, you ain't never heard me say nothing bad about my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Anybody who worked with me, rode with me, this and that, can't nobody. The only person who could say I ever said something bad about my ex-wife is my ex-wife. <laughs> That's the only person who could ever say so to her. say it to her, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just like nobody going to hear me say nothing bad about you. I think the thing, of, the thing of it is when we start to talk bad about our ex-significant others Probably come in back front to of everybody. Yeah, it's that disappointment. Also, we want we want that sympathy from other people. Yeah, like, oh, right. shit. yeah, you was you right, or that validation that you did, you were right in leaving, or he was, yeah, or he or she was, you know, or stupid for you know, just to validate yourself and to try to um, appear appear that everything, you know, you did everything right. Your your job, it I wasn't on you. Like, the blame is I off. I feel of like you. women a lot of times are notorious for that. Like, I don't think so. From the outside looking, because women be on some shit like, yeah, girl, you know what? Blah, 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 blah. You should have left them. And it's not, but I think anybody can fall into that loophole. So, I, I and I see sometimes when men do it, because you just go, mm-hmm. you know who's going to agree with your bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. out of the people you know and you could talk to, you know who you could just call and be like, you know what? Like, if, if like me and you split, you know, it's, you know, people you can call and just be like, yo, he ain't shit, this, that, and the third, uh-huh. da, 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 and I'd be like, yeah, girl, fuck that, put your fucking dress on, throw on your heels, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and get out here and do your thing and find somebody else, and don't worry about him, he ain't shit, he don't deserve you anyway. Half the time, there was a bunch of lonely-ass bros that's going to die alone with a bunch More of cats anyway. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. you know, the best, the people who got the most relationship advice a lot of times, they got to, like, <laughs> figure it out to a T where uh-huh. they just got these stone not budging on it. Like, you have to do this and you got to do that. And if you don't do this and you don't do that. Where your folks at? Yeah. Why you Why you, Why you? you got nine cats? Mm-hmm. Tell me more. You know what I'm saying? You out here running around like Wendy Williams and shit all lopsided sad with the, with the <laughs> past coming back to haunt you and For shit real? like that. And it's like, but you got all this crazy, wild-ass relationship advice. But the crazy thing about it, too, though, Because one of the things, like, me and my homegirl talked about was a lot of times you don't got to be doing something to have great um, advice. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of times, like, um, like they say those who do, do, and those who don't coach. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a lot of times, like, if you talk about emotional advice for men, 
I could throw that shit out easily. But then if you tell me, like, why don't you just cry and let some of the feelings out, I'm like, why don't you just put some more oil and a chainsaw so I can finish cutting down these trees? So the idea behind that for me is the objectiveness of it. So you're you're the outsider looking in, and you're able to give that advice, right? Um, be it whatever bad experiences you have, th- that's what's going to add to why you can tell this person what to do or not to do, right? Some of the some of the people though, they have no idea. They're just going to buy what they think. But for those who have that solid advice and don't have this, um, it's the objective lens that they're looking through. Instead of just for somebody who be on your side all the time and they don't want to tell you the truth of the truth. No, they want to they want to do something that's going to coach you or um, call you into um, feeling like, oh, it, it's nothing. That's your fault. There's nothing. <laughs> what you looking at? Oh, it's a dent in the microphone. Oh, I ain't drop it. <laughs> nothing is your fault. Lies. Everything is be OK. You're going to find something better without holding you accountable but for the, the things that you've done. But that's wrong. those enabling ass friends that don't make you better. Yeah. Yeah. That's the people who. Like, you need the friends that tell you, like, yo, your fucking clothes getting tight, B. You need mm-hmm. to hit the gym. You letting yourself go. Like, you need those friends because those friends that say, like, oh, well, people should just, like, like um, you know, you hear some women that say that, like, well, people should just accept you as who you are. It's like, dog, you 335. Um, Young lady, you're 5'5 five, five and 335. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing about that even healthy. Like, uh, I ain't, it just ain't even body shaming or nothing, right? Like, you got the friends who, oh, well, you know what? It's the confidence for me, and it? Just like we said, it's like people only talk about that confidence when, Liz, when like a Lizzo or any other heavy set woman or something like that are throwing a bathing suit. And they're like, oh, it's the confidence to me. You wouldn't say that confidence. You wouldn't say it's confidence when Beyonce or Rihanna wear that outfit. You yeah. say it's confidence because really you're talking about the audacity. Like you're doing something. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's the confidence to me. I wouldn't do that because I know better because I know my roles was hanging out like like a pop biscuits. Like That's I'm not going to do that to myself. That's true. So, I mean, you have them enabling ass friends. Enabling friends are comforting. But they're not for growth. Yeah. They keep you in your comfort zone. They help you get back to your comfort zone as fast as possible. Them friends that hold you accountable, them accountability partners, like those are the real friends that's like, you're going to grow. And then it's also to understand that those people will know, like, either you're going to grow or you're going to get upset with me because I like I feel as though I'm that type of friend that when you when you fucking up, I'm going to tell you fucking up. And if it gets too much for you, well, you think I'm not a good friend? That's cool. That means that I'm cutting somebody. You you are helping me cut somebody out of my circle mm-hmm. that I don't need because I'm gonna hold you accountable. Like I don't I don't hang out with dudes. Like I believe in the whole account. Like I don't hang out with dudes who don't take care of their kids. Mm-hmm. Like um, oh me and damn that every one of my homeboys got kids except for like two or three of them. We all in our we all in our thirties, forties, fifties. A couple of cats in their twenties or something like that. But we all got kids pretty much. If you ain't taking care of your kids, bro. Me, we we can't laugh and joke. We can't go to the strip club and both two, three hundred dollars, and your kids don't got sneakers. I'm not doing that with you. Yeah. Like, bro, get out. Like, and it's like, man, I ain't even got nothing to do with you. And my baby mom doing this. Mm, all right, bro. You know what I mean? You'll never know the whole side of the story. But that's being accountable. That's holding your boy accountable. Like, yo, if you want to kick it with me, you enjoy being with me so much. You know who would enjoy being with you? Your son. Take your punk ass home and go raise your kid, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and it's the same thing. Like, women got to hold each other accountable, right? So. And it's a lot of times it's hard to do it because you don't want to lose your friend. But hey, are they really your it. friend? What I normally tell people is that hey, I'm be I'm I'm gonna be a great friend. I'm gonna tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you're gonna have to take it or leave it. We ain't gonna we're not meant to be together if that's the case. And I think that you know going back to 
um, loving after loss. I think that disappointment is the hardest thing for me. And after that disappointment, I think fear, fear is what we all struggle with after that. Yeah, because fear is the unknown. So yeah, the, you don't know what's, what, what, what's going to happen. Is this about to happen again? Yeah, it's going to happen again. Should I put my guard up so it don't hurt as much the hurt, next time? Yes. Let, me, let me build my yes. walls up. Yeah. The foundation of it, the trust, all these different types of um, traumas kind of kick in. And the insecurity of that's a or huge unsurety. Not when you're saying the insecurity. Yeah. I'm saying that's a huge one because a lot of times when you get hurt or you feel some type of way, once you like dig into somebody's traumas or their insecurities, now you cover with this mask of hurt because it triggered your insecurities yeah. that you can't see a lot of times. Like when people cheat, a lot of time when they cheating, that shit ain't got nothing to do with you. You know what I'm saying? Like if you cheated on me, that shit probably ain't got nothing to do with me. It's a you thing, right? Like if I cheat on you, it's not like, oh, well, I'm not a good woman. I'm not this, I'm not that. No, it's a me thing. And that's what I think people don't understand because people always come and it's like, People decide, it's just like how we do in life, right? Like, people decide which sins hurt more than the other, mm-hmm. right? Like, people be like, oh, well, you know, I'm out here selling dope, and I'm cheating on my wife, and I'm doing all of this other shit, but you know what? I ain't gay, so I'm going to go to heaven. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? Like, people have that same outlook. Mm-hmm. On, um, People have that same outlook on a lot of things they do, so it's like, well, I'm doing everything else, and, and well, this person cheated on me. Cheating is the, is the end all, but whooping your ass ain't. You know what I'm saying? Like, whooping yeah. your ass ain't fucking up all the financials, putting your family in a shitty position. What do position. you think that comes from, though? Because um, that kind of... Because I think cheating is the easiest way to get to people's insecurities. Mm. Because it, it, it makes you feel as though, oh, I must Why? not be good enough. I must enough. not be good. Yeah, yeah. And, and because, uh-huh. like, if I if I was to take all your money and fuck your money up, like, you was a, a you a millionaire and I'm I'm broke, I'm, I'm old homie mm-hmm. that's sitting on 2K all day or something like that with my dick on the charger. I'm slinging broke homie dick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What's going to make you feel bad is like, damn, I do all of this for this man. I come mm-hmm. home, I cook, I make a million dollars. You know me. what I'm saying? I did this, that, and the third. He's stealing out my purse. He's doing all of that. When I steal out your purse, you're like, damn, that's jacked up. He's taking mm-hmm. money from me. He's doing this, that, and the third. He kind of fucking my credit up. But you know what? Everything else is cool. That don't make you feel like you're not good enough. Right. If I beat your ass, that don't you make you feel. You got something he wanted, and yeah. he took it. Yeah. If, you, if I beat your ass, that don't make you feel like you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. But when I when I step out on you, sneak behind your back and, and sleep with another woman. Well, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Why do you choose to yeah. do this? You know what I'm saying? And it'll be the same thing with a dude. Like, dudes will take all types of abuse. Like, dudes take uh, a numerous amounts of verbal and emotional abuse from women. But you know what the whole thing is? We'll take that. And we'll be like, all right, whatever. That's part of being a man. That's part of being a man. But as soon as you slide and go get some dick from Jody, it's like, oh, I'm a killer, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Now we done lost our mind. And stuff like that. Because now it's like, I know as a man, if you get cheated on, I know most men will tell you, that's an attack on our manhood. Like, damn, I'm not man enough to please my woman. Just like you will feel like you're not woman enough to please your man mm-hmm. or something like that. And and it feeds on the insecurity. So I think that's why it, every insecurity is almost like, insecurity is almost like a trauma automatically you're born with, pretty much. And you're already starting to red with that one. Why do you feel like that? Um out, out the gate, like out the womb, I should say. Because, like, with the insecurities, like, you're always starving. You start off starving for attention. You need attention. You need this comfort. You mm-hmm. need this attention or something like that. So even if you get all of that, I don't think you I, – I don't think until you build a resolve and get a good understanding of things that are too complex for a child to understand – that is the only point that you can start putting that in the positive. I can kind of agree with that. And now when you say it in that way, because there was a study, um, it was a long time ago. What they was talking about, I think King Louis or some, something like that. Anyway, King, listen, okay. I don't even know. Don't quote me on this. 
but the the theory is still the same. So they had a bunch of newborns that were born, and they would get half of them love and attention, and the other half just the basic necessities. That is a shitty test. <laughs> just the basic necessities. Yeah, and you know they fed them, they birthed them, they changed them, they but it wasn't no attention, no playfulness, nothing, just the bare necessities. And so a lot of those who received um, the attention, of course, they thrive and. Um, flourish and those who didn't some uh, majority of those children passed away yeah because one thing that we don't understand too is like when people say that shit like, oh, i want to go out here and be a hermit i hate people i do this and that i don't hate people i hate being around people that i don't want to be around yeah like i hate the interaction and the drain of energy of dealing with people that i don't want to fucking deal with like that that's my real issue. If you just told me like, hey, you gotta be around that, these people that like you like being around and everything's mm-hmm. good and this and that. I like that. I don't like negative interactions and I don't like dealing with people that I just don't want to deal with that just drain my energy, right? So yeah. what happens is we're social people by nature. We're social. That's why we, we, we form tribes for all types of benefits and, and it's not just benefits of like, oh, I hunt, you you fish old boy over here, he run the gardens, old girl over here, sew up our, our loincloths and shit like that. Like, no, it's really, we're social people. And then we feel that, like, belonging and we need love, right? Like, and we, we just, we have to have love. And if we don't have that love, that's when you start dealing with the, that's when you start dealing with those, like, psychic breaks, uh, psychotic breaks and stuff like that because we just are need to interact with each other we need love. I think a part of that, too, when you're talking about the hermits, um, a lot of that, too, is fear-driven as well. You know, they don't want to let anybody in because yeah. they don't want to be hurt or they don't want to open up because they fear that they won't be accepted. Or, you yeah. know, all of this is fear based and that all plays, like we were saying earlier, into the insecurities of us. And this is why we have such a hard time moving forward after or learning what what we need to do for ourselves after a relationship has failed. Yeah. Cause, no, I, I, I get that. I 100 percent agree because it's like it's so much easier to be like. It's always so much easier to, to come into something with a loaded deck, right? Like, it's always easier, like, how people run a relationship. Like, um, like a lot of people's reaction to coming back from, like, bad relationships is like, I'm going to destroy the relationship before I let you do it. So that way it's mm-hmm. my fault, and I could just say, like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I broke up first. I didn't, yeah. want, I didn't put the work in, so I ain't even put all the work in, and I ain't do this and that. And people accept the fact that they failed. So that it, because it hurts less, yeah. Like it hurts less for me to fuck the relationship up early and be like, you know what? All this and that, I'm gonna have to put in a lot of work to make this work. And then I gotta trust that you're also trust, gonna right. put in That's a it. lot of work to right. make this work. The trust. Yeah, yeah, I gotta trust that you're gonna put a lot of work in. Or I could just cancel the shit right now, and then I don't gotta worry about your part. I could just exnate this shit right now and be mm-hmm. like, you know what? You just wasn't the right one. And just now I'm shooting for this relationship. And that's when you see the people on social media who got all these dumbass motivational posts about, hey, um. Yeah, you know what? Accept me as I am, or do this and that, or you know, a woman's supposed to be with me through thick and thin. You know, what I mean, you're supposed to hold like, somebody down. But it's the like, truth is, like, are you worthy though? Are you worth? Do you worth that? Are you worth that though? But let's, yeah, you got to be like, are, the, are you worthy? And when you get into the, are you worthy? People got different reasons uh, saying like, are you worthy? Are you? Did you do this? Do you do that? But the real fact of the matter is, is like, are you giving me enough to let me know that like, I'm willing to bet that things are gonna get better. Mm-hmm. Like if you sit here and be like, oh, um, let's say we got a, let's say we got a bunch of athletes, right? And we up here like, okay, I got faith that the program's gonna get better. Mm-hmm. But all the front office don't get us better athletes. Um, and instead of getting us better athletes, we're getting quadriplegics out here. Mm-hmm. How are we gonna compete? You know what I mean? I don't have faith in that program. 
You have yeah. to do something that's going to give me faith that you're going to grow. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're dealing with um, the faith that you're the faith. The faith that we expect for people to show us, we feel as though th- that comes from our fear, right? Of like, okay, I, I don't know if they're going to do as much as I would do or because of what I've been through, I'm going to pull back a little bit. I'm going to pull back a little bit so that way I don't have to be the one doing the most and not that getting that reciprocity that I need, right? Because that's all we need at the end of the I day. Think, we need reciprocity. If we're giving and giving and giving, I we think do we need justify it by reciprocity, but really our human nature is being humans are inherently selfish. So what comes into it is like we just don't want to feel like we got the shit into the stick. Like we're okay with like a, a lot a lot of people are okay with not giving. Right. Oh, or not giving. Right. Like if it's like, oh, well, I get 49 percent all the time. I'm okay with that. But it's shit when I get 51 percent. Right. Like when you get a 51 percent, it's like I'm putting 51 percent in. A lot of people spend so much time thinking about like like when they talk about this 50 50 shit, the idea behind 50 50 is kind of trash when it's really like we both going to give 100 percent. We need together to make 100 percent to succeed. But if we both giving 100, then we going then we putting an extra then we're going to succeed. And then even if I drop down to 20%, if you're still giving 80, the relationship is still putting out 80%. Mm-hmm. So it's even just a thought process of the words and like how we talk about like how spelling, when people are like, oh, spelling, it's because you're putting a spell, right? Like we got to be mm-hmm. particular about the words and the energy that we put into the universe. So a lot of things about what we say with the 50-50, well, I'm going to do 100%. Like I'm going to take care of 100% of the bills and you're going to do 100% of the whatever. Like we, we get it all jacked up and we throw these numbers out here and we use words not really understanding what we're saying because we don't let social media and other people form our opinions because we're just not built as a, as a people nowadays to have our own opinions. But that's what, that's what really winds up happening. We don't want to get cheated out the deal. Like if yeah. this deal goes bad, like if you knew like, Oh, we invested in some stock. Well, and it's about to all go bad. You don't want to be the one who, well, at the end of the day, we all got to pay out money because, because we, we bought on the feel, We don't want to yeah, feel, that feel like you got cheated. Yeah, we don't want to feel that. We don't want to feel that. And then so we fear that. We fear yeah. the getting cheated. It's, and it's then we go like back to, deal. yeah, we because go back to reverting marriage, to the, the negative way. Marriage is a business. And that's what people fail to realize. Like, so is every relationship. It comes down mm-hmm. to a business. It's like, and every relationship you have is inherently selfish. I'm not going to be in a relationship with you if you are not giving me things that are worth what I'm providing. I think that to, for like you learn in science class, right, about, um, relationships. You got the parasitic relationships, the mutual relationships, and something else, or auto something. I don't even remember. But um, I think that's how we all operate um, in in the world with each other. I think it's too many parasites <laughs> in the world right now. You always have someone giving the most, you know. But that's up to that person to realize their own their own self worth and growth to get out of that. But I think that we so many times we do not try to do the work it takes to build past those things that happened to us in the past and what we fear for the future in order to move forward into a more successful relationship next time. I also think that we all um it's kinda like the energy that you bring into a business venture. Like say the first time you do a business, you like, I got all of this energy and everything, but I don't have no know how. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so I got all of this fire. I'm a, I'm gonna put countless hours and I'm gonna do everything. Like if this is the podcast and we ain't know nothing about it and we ain't had no money, we'll be like, all right, well, we're going to get the mic. We can, and I'll be in here soldering circuit boards together and, 
and and you'd be in here on a sewing machine, sewing up the sound curtains, and we do all of this stuff to get in here and do whatever we can to lower the cost and do whatever we got to do with our cost, and we put all this effort in, and then it failed. So now the second time we do it, we're like, I'm not going through all that. All the stuff I missed. We also feel it's like it's the I missed. That's how you sell somebody something, right? But, like, when you sell somebody something that they don't necessarily need, you're not selling it off of how useful the product is a lot of the time. You're selling it off of, like, you don't want to miss out on this opportunity to do better, right. right? Like, this opportunity to get a boost. Like, that's why athletes do steroids. That's why kids just use the Adderall to get through college. That's why, because it's like, I don't want to miss out on this opportunity to maximize my gains, right? Like, I don't want to play the long game. I want to, like, that's why people gamble. I want to drop $50 right now and become a millionaire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want to do this work to take $50 and then make $50 equal 55 and then make 55 equal 60 and then 60 goes back down to 57. And then 57 goes to 53. And then 53 goes to 62. And I don't want this back and forth. I just want to hit it one time and go. I want to hit the home run. I don't want to keep putting people on base. You know what I mean? I want the long ball. And people don't want to be cheated because that's inherently how we are. It's like, I don't want to be stuck with the bill. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, and, and we build those guards. We build those guards. But the thing about traumas and stuff is that it's it's impossible to have something happen to you and you don't become more cautious. Mm -hmm. And that's where we got to find a line at between like, if we're overreacting and reacting to things like, am I reacting this way because I'm more cautious or am I reacting this way due to trauma? Mm -hmm. Being cautious is healthy. Right. Like not overextending. That's learning how like, let me not overextend myself to the point where it does irreparable damage to Mm -hmm. me because we don't know what that balance is. A lot of times it'd be like, this is as far as I can go before I'm going to lose my goddamn mind and flip out, right? So is is that, like, you know know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that um, with that, with people who say, you know, hey, I've done this work, and that's how, you you know, you'll know the difference between your cautiousness versus your fear, right? Yeah, doing that work, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people, I've done the work for myself, and I've this and I've that. Okay, how do you know? How do you know it's working? I'm going to tell also you how you too, know. All work you need productive. To, right, right. But the only way to truly test that is to put yourself in that situation and see how you do. Yeah, That's it. You, you cannot see what let. The product is. Yeah, you cannot let whatever you've been through. And this is something um, that I, for the most part, about myself, like I've had a lot of shitty relationships, I'm sure, like the most of you out there. And um, I feel as though I should have let it completely turn me into like whatever beast mode bitch you want to call it right <laughs> beast mode bitch. yes like BMP. i could have and i probably should have or whatever my thought process was at the time mm-hmm. do you about jump in like, oh you should or oh, what about me <laughs> so i think that um my thing is if you're a good person at heart anyway do not let the situations you go through change the soul of you don't let it change you to the capacity, a negative capacity. It's okay to be cautious. It's okay to change certain things, like how you interact or behave towards um, just to just to just to balance it. Like one who is a giver all the time. Okay, it's okay to say no sometimes. It's okay you were well within your rights to pull back or not give, not open up one hundred percent and give this person who is not deserving of that all of you. But how you so. But the cautious thing about that is how you – it depends – you you need to know really what are the signs for you to know that a person is more deserving. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. people will ask you what you do for a living or 
how many school, how many years of college you got so they understand how much respect that they have to start off with you for. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's a dangerous game to play because you'll ask, like, oh, what you do for a living? Now, if I tell you I'm the CEO of Johnson & Johnson, you're like, let me watch my mouth. If I tell you I'm the janitor at the local middle school, you'll let the shit fly. So people ask you these type of questions. So it's like, is that also, like, you got to be careful. Like, is that the way that I'm judging people to see if they're worthy? Like, Oh, no, no not no, 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 no. I, 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 yeah. I'm just saying, like, for the listeners, because um, me and you on the same page about a lot of stuff, but I'm saying, for, for like, as a listener listening, you might be saying, like, oh, well, he might not be worthy. Well, she might not be worthy. Is she not worthy because she don't got a fat ass? Yeah. Is he not worthy because oh, he don't make six feet? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? He not six feet tall? Man. Is she not worthy because, you know what I mean, she ain't got a, a flat stomach yeah. or a long natural hair the way you want it? Does that make her not worthy? Because you're getting to that, and people naturally treat people different. Like, more attractive people get treated better, mm-hmm. period. Like, if you had two women crying right now, and I can speak on this from a man perspective, you're on the subway, and a, and a overweight um, poorly dressed and unattractive by societal means, whatever you want to call it. If if you feel as if it's hitting home and you feel some type of weight, then go get a morph palette and fix yourself. The shit probably you. But <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is like whatever people would deem unattractive, like majority of people would deem unattractive, Aww. which we know there's a there's certain looks that are overall just unpleasing to more people than others. Mm-hmm. If she cries, people aren't gonna care as much as a Pam Greer crying on Pam Greer and her prime crying on the on the subway. It's like, what you need? Well, I got twenty extra dollars. What you you don't got a pass? You don't got this and that. Mm-hmm. So we gotta so we gotta make sure that we understand how people worthy, and it's hard to know if a person's worthy. I think that one thing my dad always used to tell us growing up is, you know, he always used to quote Martin Luther King, of course, you know, judge people by the content of the character and stuff, and then later on he's just like, you judging by how they treat you. That's it. And my grandma, you judge them by how they treat you. If they treat you um, in the manner in which you feel as though that they actually care about you, that they, I don't know what it is for you. I know what it is for me. I don't know what it is for you. So I think that you but need to care- find that out. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I, I think that they need to find that out, what but that the, is at the first say, so, But the careful part about that is, is like, so if my trauma is, so say for instance, if my trauma is women, like say for instance, my trauma is like I've been in, uh, relationships with women gaslight me and that's my like trauma in previous relationships like they'll just do shit and they'll just do this and that me and you and if I had to took that which is actually an issue it's not a trauma but it's like something I've been through a lot now if I had to took that about how you treat me me and you wouldn't have made it because initially in that relationship you tried to get a rise out of me just to see if I was gonna whoop your ass I didn't um that's not the same thing. No, what I'm saying is, is like if, if women trying to get a rise out of me was my issue oh. in previous relationships. Like that's why I was like, yo, because you know how some women will look at it and be like, yo, if you don't flip the hell out, then you don't care about me. You know what I'm saying? Some men might feel that way too, right? But I never yeah. dated any dudes, right? But if you don't flip out, you don't care about me. It's how um some women I dealt with feel like, oh, if I'm just walk off calmly, it's like. Nah, you ain't breaking shit. You ain't doing this net. You're not being ties. You're not being violent. It's like you don't care about me. Now, if that was a major issue for me, then me and oh, you okay, might have not made it. You get what I'm saying? About the treat you, like, oh, yeah, yeah, because you would do things to piss me off just to see, like, 
what you gonna do when you get mad? Mm-hmm. Like you need to know. I'm a big dude. You need to know what's gonna happen so when that's, I get mad. That's again, that is on my way. <laughs> no, no. But what I'm saying is, is like that's how people treat you. Yeah. So I could have looked at that as that this is being me being mistreated and been like, I'm gonna treat you how you treat me. All right, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like I abandoned ship or something like that. So it's just weird how like love, love and logic don't necessarily go together go sometimes. Hand, yeah. Because for love to be Long. as free as it need to be, you need to let go of logic. And for love to hurt as much as it could possibly hurt, you need to let go of logic. So it's kind of like when you put logic in the mix to that, logic can protect you, but logic can also prohibit you from reaching later levels of love. You get what I'm saying? I absolutely get it, and I think that that's a great um, that's a great um, example that you use. Thank you for love and logic. Like I haven't heard that before, but um, it makes absolute sense to me. So I think that when we're coming out of one relationship. We let fear control us a lot of the times, and it's important for us to take that. That's why people say take that time. Take the time, do self-help, self-healing, self, self-love, self. It's always working out, but I think that's a, just a reflection period. It don't have to be a long period of time. People think, oh, it's the X amount of days you need to be by yourself before you no. go jump into another relationship. It's No, it's whatever it takes for you to realize where you went wrong, where your faults were, how this can be different next time, and the only way for you to try to or know if you've done that work, you got to try. You have to put yourself in that situation, put yourself in a relationship I, and see how you do. I honestly think that's one way to look at it. I honestly think that the amount of time you need after a relationship is like, I agree with the fact that like, it's not the same for everybody, but I think that anytime you with somebody in a serious relationship and you, and you go through some things, you make soul ties with them. So you need mm-hmm. the amount of time to Whatever the amount of time is for you to remove the negative soul ties or all the soul ties or whatever, but that's the that's what is based off of like when am I ready to get back in the game and give a hundred percent? That might be a week for some people. That might be ten years for some people. We're gonna talk about soul ties the next time we do a podcast because that just goes into so yeah, many yeah, different yeah, yeah. levels. And, and where we at where we at on time that we we do an injustice on that, but. I think that's what it comes down to. It's, it's like, how often do I need a break? It's not like a basketball game. Like, oh, I can get back in. I got about 75%. I can dig deep. No. Mm-hmm. When are you ready to get in there and play a whole game? Mm-hmm. Like, you need to play a whole game. So if you get hurt, you do something. It's like, well, I can get back in and do 15 minutes. And if it's good, then maybe I dig deep. No. It's when can I get back in and play? Mm-hmm. If it's basketball and you in the NBA. So when can I get back in and play 48 minutes? Yeah. And And I can dig deep for overtime. But yeah. I got forty eight minutes to yeah. give for sure. Like I know I could play these forty eight minutes. Like that that that's more of like a objective to look at of when it's ready for you to move on to the next relationship. When you're ready to do the things, you might be dealing with other people. You might be dealing with all types of different levels of relationship. But the thing is, you have to know yourself, right? And unfortunate part of the world right now is that we spend so much time not knowing ourselves, and we spend so much time learning things that we think we need to know. And we've prioritized the things that we need to know about self and relationships and everything else based off of what we get fed off of the the TV, Mm -hmm. off of the cell phone, off of the laptop, off of the tablet, off of all of that stuff. Like that's how we done started to prioritize like, Oh, this is what it should be like. And a perfect example would be take a small town, man or woman, small town, somewhere down here in the country or whatever. Right. Like we talking about out there in the sticks and somewhere in Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana. And then you even think about, like, style. 
Like, why does this girl got on a 27-piece wig? Why does this man have a Boosie fade? That worked for Boosie because he's a millionaire. It don't work for you at Dollar General. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the 27-piece wig worked for nobody, actually. Just throw it away. <laughs> like, we're not doing 27 pieces. But you get what I'm saying? It's like, so their influence and the things that they have around them make them think like, oh, well, a relationship should be this and a relationship should be that. And I want all of these beautiful things that, like, these stars have and these important people and these dignitaries have. And it's like, dog, it looked good, but that ain't a real relationship. Like, you're looking at all the wrong stuff in a relationship, and that's what we don't wind up prioritizing. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that, too, um, with the priorities – as far as doing what you need to do for yourself, there was something that came to my mind, and I forgot, of course, what it was. I'm sorry, guys. I got fish brain. Go fish brain sometimes, okay? Go fish brain. Uh, but I think that coming out of that, we tend to, like, say, oh, well, I'm not going to take anything seriously. I'm not going to be with anybody seriously. I'm just going to go. Oh, I'm just going to screw. I'm going to have fun. I'm just going to all that time. <coughs> Excuse me. All that time with you doing that, though, you you are not you're not building your value. You're not building. And when I say value, I'm not talking about, oh, it's just sexualized or whatever. Oh, that doesn't mean that I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about your self-worth, because then you do as a woman, you go and do that. And you're never it doesn't matter how you feel about if a man says, oh, or, or like your sexuality. It doesn't matter what you feel about it, because at the end of the day, it's the other person's perception. And at that perception of that other person you're not going to be worthy enough in their eyes to be somebody's person you know what i'm saying if you out there fucking around screwing around doing all this or just being used you're you're not gonna ever be worthy enough in that person's eyes because nine times out of ten they're gonna look at it in society's lenses yeah you know and you then you're gonna feel bad about that you know you're gonna yeah. feel bad about that because you know you're a good person inside you offer this you offer that oh you but, feel as though you're a good person or you feel you shit. yeah or you feel as though of that and men too this go this can go yeah, on I'm the flip side for men yeah, too yeah, yeah. yeah so i think that we need to watch that it's okay to go out there and have fun and everything like that but if you're still trying to be or trying to market yourself to be a value to someone else then watch a value so it kind of falls into the same thing with, um, so when men cheat, right, when a man cheats, it's not because he doesn't love the woman that he's with. When a man cheats, that's when his desires have overpowered his discipline. Because really when a man, a man not cheating a lot of times comes down to discipline. Discipline, the fear of losing, that type of stuff and everything, but it comes down to discipline. So when your desire for something else that you maybe you're not being provided or it's just something else because it's just natural that we're just like that we're that type of animal where we just want that it overrides our discipline and that's when a man cheats right so and i can't speak for a woman plenty of women have told me many reasons why they would cheat and and why they have cheated or whatever but i can tell you with a man that's a lot of times the case so what we wind up running into is that the education that we've been given on relationships is worse than the education that we retreat that we receive in a public school system. Mm-hmm. Like, so for instance, like my eight year old, he's autistic. My eight year old is smarter books. He's book smarter than anybody else in his class by far. Like this dude is doing things and operating on such a high level. However, we're grading people on one curve, right? So basically it's going to be hard for a fish to graduate in a school full of eagles 
that don't mean that the fish is trash. That means the fish ain't a fucking eagle. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with us in relationships. What happens is, is like relationships are meant to be different, and we try to go for we try to treat relationships like they're monolith, right? Like, oh well, this is the way a relationship is supposed to be. For who? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is the way. Things are supposed to go between a man and a woman or a, a woman and a woman, a man and a man, whatever relationship you got going on and all this stuff. It's like, for who? Every relationship is different. So you have to, you have you could take th- advice with a grain of salt, but everything just don't apply because there's always exceptions to the rule. That's true. And everybody's individual, of course, and you can't put two yeah. completely separate individuals together and think that a whole world, just like a vaccine. Anyway, I ain't going to get into all that. Not but- <laughs> But definitely. So into the shits, like with us, um, moving past that, I feel as though um, we had our little rough start. (laughs) We had a rough start in there. I was in my phase where I'm not I'm not being serious with nobody. I would love to, but I don't think it's going to happen. So forget it, you know, and I was out there dating around and stuff. And notice I said dating. I didn't say screwing because I know, oh, she a hot girl. No, just shut up. Mind your business. Okay? Don't y'all be talking about my woman. Like okay. That. Just dating around and meeting different people. And then he came along. He came along and I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure if this was like, he was very persistent. Jesus. Jeebus Christus. <laughs> so, very persistent. And I think it was for, we had a, a split. I just want to say that I'm realized. glad you picked persistent over saying some shit like I'm thirsty. That's why, why you sh- ain't thirsty? No, though. that's what I'm saying. That's what that's what killed chivalry oh. these days is women saying, like, oh, he thirsty. He always opening the door, doing this and that, da, da, da. All right, well, that's why you're oh, pulling no. out your own chair doing all of this shit now because y'all want to keep screaming somebody thirsty because you want attention. Yeah, yeah so I definitely, he's very persistent. And um, I think it took it didn't take until we had a break. When we had a break into us dating and seeing each other, that's when I realized, like, I need him. I needed him, and I started yes. to realize that I fall, I was falling in love with him, and I was so scared because I'm like, no, yes. this is not going to work. I don't know. Duh. All this fear started to take over, and I was just like, you know what? I cannot let my past experience change me or change the desire that I truly have. All this fun and dating and getting spent on and all this stuff is great, but this is, I have to take a chance on this. And this These is what I cuddles? <laughs> These cuddles is phenomenal. Phenomenal. A1, first round draft pick cuddle. <laughs> she ain't even know phenomenal. what cuddles was before me. No, I ain't have no cuddles in my she, life. She was just out here wearing, getting bigger blankets, wearing <laughs> yeah. clothes to sleep. Like, you know what I mean? Just just not getting it done because she wasn't getting these proper cuddles. Oh, no, I wasn't getting no cuddles. Uh-uh. But, I mean, and it's also too, I think, we can be a lot more open in relationships. We could be a lot more open and we could be a lot more honest and we could be give a lot more of ourselves once we pull the safety belt off, right? Yeah. Like we can get a lot more done, but the problem is it's like after you get hurt, it's like damn. Yeah, First it's like I need scary. to save her. Now I need to wear the helmet. Now I need the five point harness. Now I need the roll cage. Now I need all of this stuff. And it's like you can get so much more done. And that's not a great example with cars because you probably should keep the five point harness on to help you drive. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying about the like the vulnerability. The, the more the more vulnerable be. you are, the more beautiful yes. the relationship can be. But unfortunately, so, it's the so same way with the logic and love thing. Like risks. once you take the logic out, you take the logic out, you take out the safeties. Mm-hmm. Once you take out the safeties, it's like, yeah. This shit a lot more fun. But if it go bad, God damn, it goes mm-hmm. really bad. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
So love after loss is is harder than what it seems to be. Every time love after loss get harder, it's like it's more like ripping a ligament, like mm-hmm. not breaking a bone because bones they say come back stronger. But you tear your ACL, now you come back, you don't got that confidence to plant and make moves as a running back or to make moves as a point guard or a guard. Like you, you don't trust your knee to put that pressure on it, mm-hmm. and then you're kind of favoring it. So you're hurting the other one. You're hurting other areas of your relationship, like yes. you're hurting other areas of your body. It's and an injury, self growth, like a yeah. like a a, a a a relationship after loss, like loss where you like feel. I'm screwed. That's an injury. Yeah. And you are injured. So until that injury is healed and then you properly like stretch and do the aftercare and, and ease back into it, it gets pretty tough, right? So Fox, no, we getting this one in. I know you want to go ahead and rush it. We got some minutes to cut off on the front. Yo. From the homie Jeff. You know what I mean? From the homie Jeff, he gave us the you can't make this shit up. So we got a um Miss a Hiker. In Colorado, ignored calls from rescuers because it was an unknown number. I mean, people just want that solitude. They just want that solitude. They don't, and as much spam calls that's been popping up lately, I probably would have did the same thing by mistake. Like, so when I first looked at this, I was like, "You can't, like, you can't make this shit up." This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But just because he missing, don't mean he want to be found. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he might be missing, but that don't mean he was lost. Yeah. He was right the hell where he wanted to be. That's right. Because realistically, if you really think about it, if I can get phone calls, I could probably send some phone calls. Yeah. And tell people I'm at, hey, I'm on the top of this mountain. Because apparently it's a mountain in Colorado where it was the highest mountain. Either this dude mm-hmm. was high mind his business, he was tired of the bullshit. He needed to get, get away. Get away, yeah. So I don't really think his loss... Like, it sounds ridiculous the way the headline is. Yeah. Because the headline make it sound like, I'm lost, I'm dying out here, but I'm just not going to answer the phone because it's an unknown number. Yeah. Or it's a spam, or spam likely, or spam potential. That should just tell you what the the trajectory of our, getting our phone, our incoming calls. Like, there's an epidemic of spam callers. Like, this is crazy. Car warranties, Medicare people, um, student loan, whatever. Like, it's too many. It's too much. Like, I don't even want to look at my phone unless I'm calling you. Like, somebody asked me about my car's extended warranty. It's up a lot. That's all I got to say. If I'm lost and somebody need to, like, if I'm somewhere and somebody get a hold of me, let it not be the dude talking about my car's extended warranty. (laughs) I'm going to go and find them and kill every one of them because it's like, y'all find me any other time. Change I could I, I, if I change my number right now, somebody gonna call me asking about my car's extended warranty. Leave me the hell alone. No so, Medicaid people get me. I'm not. I'm not on Medicaid. Yo, you be you be legitimately like mad fussing. Like I'm not that old. I'm 36. I, I'm not on Medicare. I'm, Leave me alone. I ain't on no Medicare. Don't ask about it. I'm be. not a senior citizen. Da, 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 da. And my car extended warranty. I have a brand new 2021. Okay, I don't mm. need no extended warranty. Need no extended warranty. Okay. We, we damn sure paid for here. We damn sure paid for the in-house warranty. And <laughs> yes. everything is uh, warranted on there. It does. It's the foolishness of the world. Go to your head. Go to your head. All right, Fox. What we got? We just going to come off the dome with it. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So would you rather have mediocre relationships and you can have as many as you want, and then eventually you just decide, all right, this is what it is. This is life. This is love. This person's adequate. They, they provide. They protect. 
They don't inspire me. They don't light that fire in me. I don't feel those extreme passions of love. Never have. I know it might be out there, but I don't think I'm going to find it and have those type of relationships. Or would you rather have a relationship with your divine twin flame, the highs and lows, the valleys and peaks, all of the crazy shit that comes with it, but you lose them? So that's like a kind of crazy one and universe do not put this into fruition, but I would have the latter to know this type of love right here that you and I both share as divine twin flames is like amazing. Amazing. I think that so many times people have that mediocre stuff and they never become fulfilled they never grow past whatever whatever level they were in in that portion of their life their lives and um I feel like having this right here I need to feel this I this is the most beautiful thing the most exhaustive thing the most trying thing the most amazing thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life and even even if like something Lord forbid was to happen to you I still would be so grateful, so grateful that I had the opportunity and you would still, even in your afterlife, be changing me. So you would still have, have an effect on me. So you'd rather have love and loss than never have, than love. Never have love at all. Yep. You know what? I think we, I asked you a question similar to this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Whether maybe before we had the podcast or early in the podcast. And you dance shows like now. Nah. I don't want to feel it. Yeah, I, I think I kind of remember. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to feel that pain, but yeah. So that um, hurt. usually I get on my devil's advocate, but I think um, if I didn't know, like me looking at it from a standpoint, if I didn't know what this was, mm-hmm. I would rather. I might rather rock with the, media. Like I might be fifty fifty. Like it would have to be a coin split. And I go that way. And realistically, I lean more towards I'd rather have love and loss. So at least I know what that feeling is and have experienced it. Yeah. Like, I would rather be rich and lose it and be like, damn, for a while I was on top. <laughs> then it just. Like so many people say. Well, yeah. Then it just be mediocre forever because like, damn, maybe to give me that drive. If it don't do nothing, it might give me hope mm-hmm. that maybe maybe I might be able to find this love again. Even, if I, even though I'm doomed to never find it. Nothing measures up. Yeah, and nothing measures up. And I feel like that would be an empty feeling. Like, so yeah. uh, it, that's hard. That's a really hard one for me mm-hmm. to think about it because it's like I want this love, but I don't want to lose this love. Yeah. So once this love is gone, nothing's going to measure up to this love. So now it's like everything. I'm, I'm going to wind up being mediocre anyway. Spend your lifetime trying to find a love like mine. Yeah. So um, it's tough. N- knowing what I know now. I would go with the love. Mm-hmm. I would go with the extreme love, and and God forbid, if I was to ever lose you, but I would go with the extreme love. But kind of the way I worded that question, to dig myself out of a hole, if I didn't know, I don't know if I'd let curiosity kill a cat. <laughs> I might just have to get that mediocre shit because I just, because, but then I'm also being biased because I'm thinking of how much it would hurt to lose you right now. Yeah. So either way, I'm using information I already got, and the question's based off of not having that information from the get go. Yeah. But it's just kind of it's like it's kind of hard to erase what you know. Like the cat's already out the bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, you can't unlearn which. Yeah. So I'd rather have. I'd rather. I, I guess since I can't unlearn what I've learned, 
And I can't give that an honest opinion. I just got to lean more towards the love and be like, hey, I want to feel this love. Yeah. I want to know what it's like when somebody's going to be through. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what it's Good like love. for somebody that's going to love Good me love. through everything that's going to be there with me. And I can re- genuinely, like, say, yeah, if I lost everything, all the materialistic shit that I have right now, that love's still going to be the same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I love you, too. That was a lot just to say that, though. So, guys, I really want to say thank you to our listeners in Utah. We have listeners in Utah, guys. Thank you to all our listeners. In Canada, really too. In Canada, too. In Utah, Canada. Yes. It's like, what? So, shouts out to y'all. Hit us up. AskUncleLegend at gmail.com. And yes. we would love to get feedback from anybody. Yes. But especially if you're the listeners in Canada and Utah. Yes. We're curious to find out how you got the podcast. Spread the podcast. What's up? Yes, what's up, guys? Peace. Peace.